Okay, I'm in library today. Um, had breakfast with some friends. Really, really nice to catch up with them and met a new friend as well. Uh, hey, someone just messaged me. Jesse Yum, are you having makan or not? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, Jesse, if you see this, let's go and eat. Anyway, I'm in the SBTC library waiting for class today, but I'm early, so if anyone is free for lunch, please call me to go and makan. I tell you, it's very, very tempting to go and fangkau now on one of the couches. <laughs> so to stay awake, I'm going to look at the Bible at Genesis chapter 10. Yeah, so that's where we left off yesterday. Genesis chapter 10. Uh, the heading is the Table of Nations, and it's essentially a very long list of very hard-to-pronounce names. Mm. Okay, this is sure to keep me awake. Possibly not. <laughs> but yeah, let's look at Genesis chapter 10. This is the account of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, Noah's sons, who themselves had sons after the flood. Verse 2, the sons of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshech, and Tiras, the sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, Rifath, and Tugarmah, the sons of Javan, Elisha, Tarshish, the Kitim, and the Rodanim. From these, the maritime peoples spread out into their territories by their clans within their nations, each with its own language. So, I've just read through uh, the list of descendants from one of the three sons. So Noah had three sons, and this whole chapter traces the descendants from these three sons. In other words, this is post-Noah. You know, Noah's story, that's done, but now it's the story of his sons and the generations that come from his sons, actually the clans and the nations and the different languages that come from his sons. Meaning they don't just stay as individuals, they grow into communities, they start to shape culture, they start to populate the land. And so we've seen in one son, Japheth, all these different descendants. Again, <laughs> very, very hard to pronounce names. So we've got two other sons. Let's go through them and then we'll look at what they mean. So son number two, verse six, the sons of Ham, Cush, Mitzrayim, Put, and Canaan and Canaan. And remember that actually Ham was the one who kind of dishonored his father Noah. And so he was cursed, but actually his son was cursed. That's why, you know, the son of Ham is Canaan. And starts going through the different sons of each son, the grandsons. So verse 7, the sons of Cush, one of the sons, Siba, Havila, Sapta, Rehema, and Saptika. Uh, the sons of Rehema, so one of the descendants again, Sheba and Dedan. So Cush was the father of Nimrod, who grew to be a mighty warrior on the earth. He was a mighty warrior, mighty hunter, sorry, before the Lord. That is why it is said, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The first centers of his kingdom, Nimrod's kingdom, he planted all these kingdoms, were Babylon, Erech, Akkad, and Kalni in Shinar. From that land, he went to Assyria, where he built Nineveh, Rehoboth, Ir, Kala, and Resin, which is between Nineveh and Kala, that is the great city. So um, it mentions this particular 
descendant of Canaan called Nimrod, and Nimrod founded all these great civilizations, including um, some familiar ones, Babylon and the land of Shinar. We, we look at um, the Tower of Babel and Shinar, that's in the next chapter, Genesis 11. Hey, hi, hello. Is it okay? Uh, sorry, uh, yeah. I don't need to know really. Lepaking. Okay, all right, okay. Uh, hi, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and so, verse 13 Mizraim was the father of the Ludites, uh, Anamites, Lehabites, uh, Naphtuhites, Pathrusites, uh, Kasluhites, interesting name, all these heights, from whom the Philistines came, and Kaphtorites. And Canaan, so he's the descendant of Ham that was cursed. Canaan was the father of Sidon, his firstborn, and of the Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, Girgashites, Hivites, Archites, Sinites, Arvidites, Zemorites, and Hamathites. Now, what's interesting here is that it traces down individuals into clans, into whole people groups. So it's not just Canaan, father of Sidon, you know, Sidon was his firstborn, but then it turns to Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites. So whole people groups have come from Canaan, meaning, again, they've grown. They've been blessed by God and they filled the earth, you know, fulfilling God's command and God's blessing. And we'll come back again to this later. Let's pick up from verse uh, 16. Later, the Canaanite clans scattered and the borders of Canaan re reached from Sidon towards Gerar as far as Gaza and then towards Sodom, Gomorrah, Atma, and Zeboim as far as Lasha. Some of these places should start to sound familiar. Sodom and Gomorrah, they all come uh, from this one descendant, Canaan. Verse 20, these are the sons of Ham by their clans and languages in their territories and nations. So second son done. So we looked at Japheth, now we looked at Ham, and again, it ends in the same way. These are the sons of Ham. You think of just their kids, you know, hey, they introduce you to the sons, and then Chinese you have to give them ang pao, that kind of thing. But then these sons find, they become, they sprout into clans, and each one is very different. You know, clans and languages, territories and nations. They occupy different territories, and they each form their own culture. They have their own identity that is very, very different from their granddad. Okay, one more son, let's, let's finish the last one and then we'll look at this as a whole. Verse 21. Sons were also born to Shem, whose older brother was Japheth. Actually, I think, let me look at the footnotes. Uh, oh, my, my site's so bad. Uh, E-F-J-H-I-J. -I, I think uh, it says, it can also mean uh, who was the, the older brother. Shem was the older brother of Japheth. But here in the NIV, it says the older brother of Japheth. So uh, the, the reason I say this is because it's always Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So if Japheth is the oldest brother, you know, why, is it, why is Shem named as first? And if Ham is the youngest, why is he in the middle? So it's kind of weird, the, the, the or, order of uh, the names of the sons. Obviously, there's meant to be some significance to this. And Shem, I think here is mentioned last because he's the most significant. Again, Noah blesses Shem. Shem is supposed to be the one providing the tents to Japheth. Shem is the one whom uh, Ham is supposed to be serving. So Shem is not elevated to that top position of blessing. Um, and it says there, verse 21, again, Shem was the ancestor of all the sons of Eber. 
of ever. Now that's significant again because if you think of the Hebrew peoples, they're sometimes called as Semitic people or Semites. That's where you get the word Shem, Shem, Semitic. But also they're also known as the Hebrew people, and that's where you get Eber. Eber gets Hebrew, Semite gets uh, it comes from Shem. And then it gives us again the list, the list of all their descendants. Verse 22. The sons of Shem, Elam, Ashur, Apaksat, Lud, and Aram. The sons of Aram, Uds, Hul, Gether, and Meshech. Interesting names. You want to name your kid this? You know, this is a, not a good one. <laughs> uh, verse 24. Arpaksat uh, was the father of Shelah, and Shelah was the father of Eber. Two sons were born to Eber. One was named Peleg, because in his time, the earth was divided. His brother was named Joktan. So Peleg means divided. And apparently during the time of Peleg, the earth was divided. This is a preview of what's gonna happen in the next chapter. In chapter 11, the Tower of Babel, the, the, uh, they were cursed and they were scattered and this division happened during the time of Peleg. Verse 26, Joktan was the father of Almodad, Shelev, Hazar, Maveth, Jerah, Hadoram, Uzal, Dikla, Obal, Abimael, almost there, almost at the end, Sheba, Ophir, Havilah, and Jobab. All these were the sons of Joktan. Verse 30, the region where they lived stretched from the Misha towards Sifar in the Eastern hill country these are the sons of Shem by their clans and languages and their territories and nations. Finally, verse 32, these are the clans of Noah's sons according to their lines of descent within their nations. From these, the nations spread out over the earth after the flood. Oh, okay. <laughs> Probably you're asleep already by, by time reading this. Maybe this is a good way to fall asleep. Listen to the list of names in the tables of nations. But what, what do we learn here? What do we see? What do we see? Okay, let's review again. Again, we have three sons. And from these three sons, you get all the nations of the earth. And what some people have done is they've tried to map out you know, Google map, try to draw a geographical map of the distribution of all these nations that have come from these three sons. So if you look at Japheth, you know, one of Japheth's um, uh, descendants was Madai. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh no, I scared someone off. Someone else. Uh, so sorry, so sorry. Uh, this is supposed to be a library. It's supposed to be quiet. So I shouldn't be doing this here. So I do apologize. But uh, one of the descendants of Japheth was Madai. And that's where you get the the Persians and the Medes. So that's one territory, Japheth. Um, the Hamites is easy because it mentions all the uh, Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites. These then become you know, descendants that, f that occupy the land of Canaan. You remember the promised land was the land of Canaan and they're filled with all these different uh, people groups all ending with the word ites, meaning actually um, they were all descendants of these sons, but they also became then enemies of the people of God. The result of this curse was they put them at odds, put them as enemies, put them as opponents to the people of God who were the Semites, and the Semites is where you get the Hebrews. But what is significant here is that we see that, again, from these sons, you get cultures. From these individuals, you get different people groups. All of them, all of them resulted within just you think of it just two generations. You think of just two generations down the line. Maybe you have kids, and then those kids have kids. Imagine two generations down your line, someone found, founds a new town. 
imagine your grandson is the founder of Ipo, another founder of Kuala Lumpur, another founder, different sizes, but you know, just from two generations down, you want to visit your descendants, you have to visit the entire land of Ipo. It is crazy, right? You, know, you have so many people that have really spread out, meaning they had a lot of kids. And meaning that God's blessing upon Noah to repopulate the earth really is seen very, very soon, happens very, very quickly in repopulating the earth. And so it's a show of how God's grace really, really does flower and bear fruit within that own family. God really does restart, reboot the earth again, beginning with Noah, down to his three sons and fills the earth. And when this repopulation and fruitfulness happens, it doesn't mean that all of them are the same. If anything, all of them are so, so very different from one another. Again, you know, Chinese New Year, we just went back and we saw our cousins. Sometimes, you know, I go back to Penang. Everyone's the same. Everyone speaks Hokkien. Everyone is Chakwitiao. Everyone's the same. But actually here, imagine you go back, right? And then every cousin, right, got one, one Chakwitiao fella, another Nasikanda fella, another person, Itose, that kind of thing. And everyone is just so different. And everyone speaks a different language as well, just within two generations. And I guess for some of us, that, that's true, right? You know, this Chinese New Year is the first time after lockdown that people are actually making an effort to come back to their hometown. So one of my friends was saying that actually he went back to Malacca and then all his cousins he never seen for decades and you know, all migrate to US, la, Australia, la, all kinds of ends of the earth, all come back. And they're just like, one generation away and they all come back and they celebrate Chinese New Year together and it's like this chaotic of different accents, loading, you know, kind of weird kind of uh, cultures that kids also all amofai already, all eating fish and chips already. And all, you know, all these kind of mixtures, it's just a, a, again, a representation of how, you know, the world has now grown, cultures have now evolved and it's a reflection again of God's grace. And God's grace results in a multitude a kind of difference, a kind of fruitfulness that isn't all the same, but if anything, looks very, very different from one another. Now, there, there are some kind of exceptions, and we saw this in this guy named Nimrod. So Cush was the father of Nimrod, and we have a whole, a whole paragraph dedicated to this guy, one, this one guy named Nimrod. Because this Nimrod, two things, number one, he's a mighty hunter, and number two, he founds all these kingdoms. And so let me read again, like Nimrod, uh, it's a saying, like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. You know, hunter, maybe, you know, can, can hunt like animals and then he can make bakwa, that kind of thing. He can really find protein. He's the guy that, you know, if you want to find food, make food, hunt for food, he's the guy that actually does the job. But secondly, he's the guy who also founds different cities. This one guy founded huge, huge kingdoms. The word kingdoms here are used. Babylon, Erek, Akkad, Kalne, Shinar. And from then on, he went on to found Assyria as well. So what's interesting here is instead of just different people groups, there's this individual. And everyone says, hey, you know, we are founded by this one particular person. And you know, you think sometimes of churches, right? Churches, you know, they can devolve out of different denominations. So, you know, Anglican, Presbyterian, but sometimes churches can have like one founder. You know, you think of those Terramero and like John Piper, la, Don Carson, la, and then from there, no, wow, he spun all these, like, all the other churches. And actually John Piper is maybe not a great example because he doesn't actually plant a lot of churches, but maybe like Tim Keller, you know, everyone's, everyone's you know, reads Tim Keller. Oh, I want to be like Tim Keller. Then they start preaching at Tim Keller. And then the church is like Tim Keller. Everyone also, also copy, 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 
copy paste now. And so what they're doing here, the copy paste of this guy named Nimrod. And I don't know why I think about it. It can be a very good thing because it shows the influence that one person, just one individual, can have on this huge, huge civilizations and cultures. You know, maybe some people have that gift. Some people are used by God. Again, this is Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. You know, God uses that to kind of like create and spring up all these different um, influences and cultures. But it can also be a I don't know, a dangerous thing. The kingdoms that he founds are all actually enemy kingdoms of God. So you have to wonder that maybe, you know, all these influences may be traced down to him as well. Maybe there's something in his hunting, hunting kind of like chasing, kind of like killing kind of um, uh, personality that kind of like infects all these different uh, kinds of... So I'm just looking at a, at a message from May friend. Sorry, Kelvin, coming in time for class today. Oh, so cannot have lunch. So too bad. Yeah, and you're in this video. Yeah. Anyway, so, so you see a difference. You know, some civilizations just evolve because different people groups, they start speaking different languages. They start taking on the culture of the land. Some people, one person can affect so many different kingdoms in good, in bad ways, in different ways. How does this apply to us? How does it apply to us? Again, as a reflection of God's blessing upon Noah, be fruitful and multiply. And it happens very, very quickly. Within two generations, you find the peoples filling the earth. And last night, I was, I was quite surprised. I was reading about some news back in UK about how churches have now declined to the point, this is in UK, not Malaysia, but declined to the point that the average age of a Christian in UK is 50 years old. I think 50 years old is... Okay, I mean, 50 years old, I mean, I'm almost, almost on there already. <laughs> not, nothing, not, not so bad, right? But actually, the average age, meaning actually there are many people who are much older than that and very few people who are younger than that, which means, practically speaking, hey, take care, brother. Actually, within one generation, within one generation, you see these churches die out. Within one generation, actually, you might see whole denominations completely go extinct. Why? Because people are so old. Why? Because things stay the same. They don't evolve together with the generation. Sometimes we think in order to be faithful, we have to keep everything the same. We have to keep everything the way that we used to do it. And the people who used to do it are the people who are still in charge. And we don't see that here. We see here that when God grows his community, sorry, I better quickly, my sorry, slow already, actually it results in difference. It results in growth. It results in a kind of a dynamic, you know, uh, Difference, I don't know another word for it, cultural difference, you know, language difference. And maybe, maybe in order for the church to grow together with the gospel, there needs to be a reflection of this grace of God in kind of fruitfulness in the gospel, but also a kind of diversity in the kind of peoples who are saved in the gospel. Anyway, my story is very low. I'm going to end here. Just to mention again, Genesis chapter 10 is a lot here. Not just a list of names, but a list uh, that shows God's grace through the generations. What do you see when you look at your church list, the list of people? Do you see that diversity? Do you see that blessing? And do you see that fruitfulness? Hopefully you do. And if not, maybe this is an opportunity for us to reflect that, to pray for that, and to try to, try to promote and encourage that within our communities and especially within our churches. All right. Thanks for joining. I, I won't pray because my story is going to end already, but take care and God bless. Thanks for joining me. This has been Genesis chapter 10, the daily Bible reading show. Take care and God bless. Bye.